Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. You know, 
Exactly. So St. John, the 17th chapter? No, uh, St. John 21. Oh, sorry. At starting, at, at starting at 14. That's okay, bro. Um, I want to go through, um, there's this uh, local magazine in Buffalo, New York, that comes out with, uh, uh, it has this section that it is a nationally syndicated, like, uh, collection of uh, stories that has happened or um uh, you know, has happened in the, you know, in the country or around the world. It's called News of the Weird. And I want to go into there. There was, um, let me see, in December, there was a couple stories. I just want to read two of these stories stories that appeared in this uh, magazine. One is called Latest Spiritual Messages. It says, Santa Muerte, or Our Lady of the Holy Death, might be described as a cynic's unauthorized byproduct of Roman Catholicism currently festering in drug cartel royaled Mexico and Central America and is, according to Vice Media, the world's fastest-growing religion. Saint Death, in English, first appeared only 12 years ago in the Mexico City barrio of Tepito, and now is a first line of protection for worshipers in danger zones. Almost 80,000 Mexicans have been killed in drug-related violence since 2006, Vice reported. Said an author who has studied the religion, people feel more comfortable asking Santa Muerte, or Saint Death, for favors they probably shouldn't ask a Catholic saint for. So there's people going around that are committing murders and selling drugs and stuff like that, and they're asking this saint death for protection in that rather well, than going to rather than going to a confessional <laughs> you know um that's some of the things that our people believe in, you know, like uh sometimes you get a crew of people that's going to go do a murder and stuff they ask for protection, and then that they go and do the murder. You know, it's, it's crazy. But it's, so the world's fast, it's the fast, it's the world's fastest growing religion as of this um, uh, this uh, publication in uh, December 4th. And here's another one. In the U.S., excuse me, in the United States' fourth reported case, a state-issued a driver's license, even though the applicant was photographed wearing a colander as a religious covering, the holy hats legally are permitted in such photos. Jessica Steinhauser said the motor vehicle's office in Hurricane Utah simply shrugged at her affiliation with the Church of the Flying Spaghetti Monster, created in 2005, to offer the proposition that God's existence is no better proven than the flying spaghetti monster. Wow. You got huh. people coming. I'm sure I'm sure you'll have followers among amongst our people pretty soon uh in in these things if there aren't already, but that you know, it's like a a so called atheist uh protest against religion and religious uh exceptions and allowances. Uh, by the state, so these guys is or people, they just you know like in their uh, uh, state 
driver's license, you know, when they take the photo or when they do other things, they wear a colander over their head and they say it's the Church of the Flying Spaghetti Monster. So these are some of the things that people believe. And and somebody fed them this bull crap (laughs) just to make it, say it, call a horse with a horse, you know. But there's other things that people believe or that people teach that are so much similar to the two examples just stated but are more widely accepted by our people around the world. So let's get into what actually should be taught and what actually should we believe. Read John 21, verse 14. Yeah, before I read it, I want to make this statement because it's true. I mean, what you just was uh, reading about goes along with what I said in the beginning that, you know, people just, it's, it's ridiculous, man. They just pick up anything and they follow it. But when you read out the scriptures and say this is what God says, they don't want to deal with it. But they want to pick up any any made-up stuff that somebody come up with and they'll follow it headlong. Exactly. And we're we're going to get into a few of the more popular things that our people get into um, when they uh, pick up things that men just came up with. But go go ahead in uh, John 21, bro. All right, John 21, 14. This is now the third time that Jesus showed himself to his disciples. After that, he was risen from the dead. Okay, so this is when uh, Jesus Christ appeared to his disciples after he had risen from the dead, and this is when he had uh, uh, Peter and them had been out fishing, and they couldn't catch any fish. They saw Christ on the shore. He was like, yo, pull up on the right side of the boat and do this and do that. And like a whole bunch of large fish, their net didn't break or anything. So they ended up coming to the shore and they sat down and ate, you know, cooked some of the fish or whatever with Christ. So this is just setting up what what happened. But read verse 15. So when they had dined, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? He said unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He said unto him, Feed my lambs. Oh, okay. Feed my lambs. Okay. Read verse 16. He said to him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He said unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He said unto him, Feed my sheep. Okay, so there's two things. Feed my my lambs or feed my sheep and what to feed them. So when you look at the account in the Bible, did... Peter and the other apostles, the disciples, did they take and dedicate their life to fishing and, and agriculture and just trying to feed? Oh, no. The, the scriptures don't bear out that they was on a, a a worldwide growing charity mission to feed the, the people that needed food, were they? No. Because 
because some people had food, but they still needed to be fed. Mm -hmm. All right. And who are the sheep or who are the lambs? Let's go to Psalms 95. Go to Psalms 95 and read verse 7. Okay, Psalms 95 and 7. For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you will hear his voice, Harden not Read your on. heart. Read on. Harden not your heart as in the provocation and as in the day of temptation in the wilderness. Verse 9. When your fathers tempt me, provoke me, and saw my works, 40 years long was I grieved with this generation and said, okay. it is a okay. people. Stop right there. Stop right there. Who is that talking about? It's talking about when the children of Israel came out of Egypt, out of the house oh. of bondage. So who's the who's the people of his pasture? The children of Israel. Oh, okay. Let's go to Psalm seventy-eight. Okay, oh. Psalm seventy-eight. Yep. Read fifty-one through fifty-three. And smote all the firstborn in Egypt, the chief of their strength, in the tabernacle of Ham. Verse 52. But made his own people to go forth like sheep, and guide them in the wilderness like a flock. 53. And he led them on safety, so that they feared not, but the sea overwhelmed their enemies. So who is that talking about? It's talking about when the Israelites came out of Egypt that he protected them, but he or he drowned the Egyptian army in the sea. It, exactly, bro. But you know what? Maybe that's not good enough for some people. Let's get it out of Christ's own mouth in Matthew 10. To set it up, this is when um, Christ was sending out his 12 apostles and he gave them power against unclean spirits, you know, to be able to cast them out and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. And he sent them out and, um, he was giving them some instructions. Okay. Read, uh, Matthew 10, five and six. Okay. Matthew 10 verse five. These twelve Jesus sent forth and commanded them, saying, Go not into the way of the Gentiles, and into any city of the Samaritans, enter ye not, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. So who's the sheep that Christ is talking about feeding? The house of Israel. Okay, the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And why are they lost? Because we are lost from his words. We go to... We go to people that 
talk out of the deep, dark set recesses of someone's mind. We go to people that teach false doctrines, idol worship. We go out on the corners and try to figure it out on ourselves and get our hustle on. We do all kinds of things in such a way that we are lost from the true way of life that Christ gave us. So that's the that's the sheep that we have to feed. Then now, here's another question. What do we have to feed them? Or what should as someone that's coming to this understanding of Christ, what should we look for to be fed? Well, we would have to go to the scriptures to answer that question. Exactly. Um I have no, I, I, can, I, can, I got one. Oh, you have one? You want to bring it up? Yeah. yeah, I thought you had a scripture, but let's go to Matthew 4 and 4. You know, I, I, I can always come up with one for you. <laughs> oh, I knew that, bro. All praises. Because there's, uh, there's many of them. Oh, exactly. The whole book, actually. Matthew's 4 and 4. But he answered and said, it is written, men shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Aha. Uh-huh. Ah. Okay. So we should live not only by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. That's interesting. That is interesting, you know. So that's how we should live. And let's look at an example in the Old Testament. Of can um go ahead, go ahead. Can I pull out one one two that shows uh what our marching orders are coming directly from our Lord and Savior? Yep, go ahead, bro. Yeah, this is uh, Luke twenty four. And um, a lot of people don't understand the Bible, but when you read the scripture here, Christ opened up the mind of the apostles to understand the Bible. But then he tells you the purpose of why he was giving them understanding the Bible, because they had a, a, a job that they had to do. So this is verse 45 down to 47. Then opened he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. So he, because everybody don't understand the scriptures. But right here, Christ opened up the, the disciples' understanding, just like he opened up our understanding to understand the scriptures. But there's a purpose for this. Verse 46, and said unto them, thus it is written, and thus it behooves Christ to suffer and to raise from the dead the third day. Verse 47, this is where the point is. And that re- repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. So he's telling them why all this was done and why their understanding was open. It says, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. So that's what we're supposed to be teaching. Exactly. Repentance and remission of sins. 
Exactly. Exactly, bro. Now let's look at an exa- at an example of that in the Old Testament. Let's go to Ezekiel chapter two. Okay. Okay. Um, uh, this is when uh, Ezekiel was given his marks and orders about teaching the people because they were lost even at that time. Okay, let's read um, Ezekiel two. Let's start of let's start at verse six. Okay. Ezekiel 2 and 6. And thou, son of man, be not afraid of them, neither be afraid of their words, though, though brides and thorns be with thee, and thou dost dwell among scorpions. Be not afraid of their words, nor be dismayed at their looks, though they be of a rebellious house. So Verse what he tells them? No, let me let me explain that right quick. Okay. What he's telling Ezekiel, what the Lord is telling Ezekiel is, don't be afraid of the people or their words or their looks, because it's like dealing with briars and thorns and scorpions, because the people are rebellious and scornful, and they're going to try to sting you with their words and their deeds and their looks. They are very rebellious people. They into everything, and they don't want to be corrected, just like today. But what was Ezekiel supposed to teach the people? Read on in verse. Uh, read on uh, verses seven and eight. And thou shalt speak my words unto them, whether they will hear or whether they will forbear, for they are most rebellious. Hold on. Thou- hold on a second. Hold on, hold on, wait one second, bro. So, wait a minute. Did he tell them to go to Divinity College? Uh, no. Did he tell them to uh, march alone up a mountain and through a desert until he had an epiphany? Nope. Did he tell them to go out there and get his hustle on and then uh, write a book about pimping or make some records <laughs> about pimping? No. Nah. Uh, okay, okay, read on. Verse 8. But thou, son of man, hear what I say unto thee. Be not thou rebellious like like that rebellious house. Open thy mouth and eat that I give thee. Read on. And when I looked, behold, the hand in, in hand was sent unto me. And lo, a roll of a book was therein. And, oh, he spread, okay. and he spread it before me. And it was written within and without. And there was written therein lamentation and mourning and woe. Okay. So he told him to eat what I give thee. And the, what he was supposed to eat was that book that he gave to him. And... Let's go into the next chapter in chapter 3 and read verse 17 because we're going to see 
what was in this book. It says lamentation, mourning, and woe because it was a warning to the people. But the point is, even in old times, Ezekiel is an example, and we can pull the scripture in Peter to to verify that all the prophets did that. There's scriptures in Acts also, but the people that taught the lost sheep of the house of Israel taught them according to the word of the Lord. Read Ezekiel chapter 3, verse 17. Okay. It says, son, son of man, I have made thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, hear the words at my mouth and give them warning from me. Oh, okay. So, so now that's enough. So, what what is Ezekiel teaching the people? Well, the what? words of the Mosai. He said, "Hear the words at my mouth and give them warning from me." Exactly. Exactly. Now let's go to um, uh, Second Peter chapter one. Um, let me bring one before you go to Peter's, brother. You mind? Okay, sounds like a plan. Sounds like a plan. Uh, the reason why, the reason why, because this is another one that shows you the purpose of why the Most High is even sending prophets, why He's raising up prophets. Exactly. You know, in Isaiah forty-nine, Isaiah forty-nine and five. Okay. This is um, and now said the Lord that formed me from the womb to be his servant, to bring Jacob Jacob again to him. Though Israel be not gathered, yet shall I be glorified in the eyes of the Lord, and my God shall be my strength. So it's telling you, he said, and now said the Lord that formed me from the womb to be his servant, to bring Jacob again to him. So he's telling you that purpose of being the servant was to bring Israel back to the Father. And the only way you're going to bring somebody back to the Father, as it tells you in Romans, the 8th chapter, is you have, the only way you can please God is to walk in the Spirit, which is in the Word. Walking in the flesh, meaning according to your own lust, that makes you an enemy of God. So I just so I wanted to bring that out, because it's, it's very clear on the exactly. purpose of a prophet. Exactly. Let's go to Second Peter one and read verse twenty one. Okay. Second Peter's. Second Peter one verse twenty one. Yep. Okay. It says, uh, "For the prophecy came not in old times by the will of men, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost." Wow. wow. Really? Okay. Okay. Read verse 20. Verse 20. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of the scriptures is of any private interpretation. Okay. Uh, Go ahead. Verse 21. For the prophecy came not in old times by the will of men, but by holy men, of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. Okay, exactly. So that lets you know that, <clears throat> excuse me, none of the prophets were talking about their own own mind or or 
or some man's philosophy. They were all speaking the word of the Lord. And there's a reason for that. Let's go to 2 Timothy. Second okay, Timothy chapter, chapter 3, bro, verse 16. Okay. This is all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Verse 17. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. That the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. Well, there you go. So if somebody's thoroughly furnished unto all good works, are they lost? No, they have all the qualities that they need to be right with God. Exactly. There you go. There you go. There you go. But but now, even in those, those uh, olden times, and even in our more recent history, we have proven by the things that we believe and the things that we do and the teachers that we seek out that we are lost to the understanding that Christ brought. So there is a problem. It's twofold. It's twofold. One problem is <clears throat> the people that, that's given the word. And let's look at uh, what Paul said about this problem. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 14. And we're going to read verse 26. Okay. 1 Corinthians 14, 26. How is it then, brother, when you come together, every one of you have a psalms, has a doctrine, has a tongue, has a revelation, has an interpretation, that all things be done unto edifying. Okay, so this is the problem then as it is now. When we come together, well, actually we don't even really come together as a people because we into so much stuff because things like this has happened. You got people that flock to churches where people speak in tongues. You got people that flock to churches where they have a, they have another doctrine where, okay, we're going, we, we're going to center around the sun-moon worship and, and worshiping Baal, but we're going to call it Christmas, and we're going to do this, and we're going to do that. Everybody got a doctrine, okay? I'm going I'm to start wearing a colander on my head, or I'm going to make up a thing because, I do dirt, so I'm going to pray to a saint like we read in the beginning of this class. I'm going to pray to a saint to protect me while I do this dirt. This stuff is all wicked, you know, and even people that come with psalms or 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 scriptures, sometimes they come not according to the entire context of the Bible. So that's what we have to watch out for. 
and you got people having an interpretation. Well, you know, this scripture says this, but that is, doesn't agree with the rest of the Bible. I'm not dealing with that because I'm pushing this doctrine, and this is the interpretation of the scripture. You know, uh, there's a preacher out, um, I forgot his name. I was just looking at him uh, last night. The preacher sat, stood up in front of the congregation and said, God wants your bank account number and your credit card number. Look, what does God need money for? The one that created heaven and earth and all that therein is. What does He need money for? What does what? So He got to He got to borrow a fry or something? I mean, what what does God need money for? But pastors and other people, whether they're preaching in front of a mega church and they got a eight thousand dollar suit on or if they're standing out in the downtown area of a city with a smock on, reading out the scriptures, throwing up curses on people they don't like, just to make a name for themselves or sound deep, that it's just all off. What we have to do is stick to the scriptures. You know what it so, is, too? Uh, let, me, um, let me get another scripture, please. Uh, hey, I'm, seeing some, I'm seeing something that's happening that's happening in this world that also happened back in the ancient world. Um, Acts 17, right? Okay. Now check this out. This was happening back then. This is Acts 17, 22, right? It says, Then Paul stood in the midst of Mars Hill and said, Ye men of Athens, I perceive that in all things, you are too superstitious. And that's what it is with people now. They're very, they seem to be very superstitious because everything they're dealing with and everything they're believing in isn't written in the scriptures. It's not written nowhere. I mean, where, where you, you know, sometimes you wonder where these people are getting this from. They believe in Santa Claus and, and um, Easter Bunny laying eggs, all these things they're into. Is superstitious. Now, check out what what he what's going on here in verse twenty three. It says, "For I passed by, and beheld your devotion. I found an altar with this inscription to the unknown God, whom therefore you ignorantly worship. Him I declare unto you." So we know who the Most High is because we have the scriptures. But the way people are acting is like like. The Most High didn't leave nothing here. Like they don't know who He is. They they don't believe in the Scriptures. It's like they don't know. It, it seems like they don't know who the Most High is when they have the Bible right underneath their noses, but they will not open the book up and read it and follow what it say. But they go into their own mind like we got to try to figure out how to worship God or how to please Him because we don't know Him. So we got to make things up. But really, you don't have to make things up because, like the scriptures you read, he 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 gave his spirit into holy men that worshipped him. So these things would be documented in the scriptures, and you would have them there. So God would not be unknown to you. So you got to go make up your own stuff because his Holy Spirit went on holy men, like you read in um, you read in the book of uh, Timothy's, you read it in um, in the book of Peter's. On how he left his word here for us to follow. So he's his, his, what to do to please him is, shouldn't be unknown 
but people are acting like he's the unknown God, and they're going into superstition into their own thoughts and ideas. Exactly, bro. Exactly. Um, you know what? Read verse twenty-five. Okay. Neither is worship with men's hands, as though he need anything seen. He give it to all life, breath, and all things. There you go. Yeah, I'm glad you said to pick that out because it goes along with what you were just saying. Yeah. So what? What? So this pastor said I, I forgot his name, and I had to because I was um I was on um um pimppreacher.com, and it's. I forget the guy's name. They had an expose. It was a little video. The guy is on video saying, God needs your credit card number and your bank account number. <laughs> what, what does, what, huh? What does, okay. So you forking over that money, you making it rain on that pastor's stage. How is that worshiping God? So God needs what? God needs, God gave men the understanding to print money. And use it for what it's used today, you know. So how is he going? How he how he need money? You know, mm-hmm. it's the things that people believe, and the things that people teach. That's the problem because it's not according to the words of the Most High. So, okay, now we're gonna get into a, a heavy example. Some people may not like it, but you know. Um, we're going to go into Jeremiah, and we're going to look at Jeremiah, and we're going to see what uh, the Lord told Jeremiah to do as far as what teachers and, and, and spiritual gurus or religious people should teach and also what they should to hear on how they should live their lives. So let's go to Jeremiah 23. Okay. What verse you want? Verse 1. Okay. Jeremiah 23 and 1. Woe be unto the pastor... Woe be unto the pastors that destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture, said the Lord. Okay, so the person that came up with this religion, let me see what it is here. Uh, Santa Muerte, Our Lady of the Holy Death, world's fastest growing religion. People out there doing dirt, praying to it. You know, the, the people or persons that came up to that, they are scattering the, the the their followers from the understanding of Christ. Exactly. Pastor that stood up and said, "Listen, God wants your bank account number." He is scattering people from the understanding of Christ according to as it is written. He made. Pull a scripture here, pull a scripture there, but he's basically hypnotizing and bewitching the people to make gain. Just like that cat. Remember in Acts, there was a a, um, a guy. Wasn't his name uh, Simeon that uh, Peter had to correct? 
Remember what I'm talking about? He was bewitching the people? Yeah. Yeah, I remember. Uh, let me see. Hold on one second. I'm going to get it right here. Okay, it's after Stephen. Okay, here. Okay, uh, wait a minute. I'm going to read Acts chapter 8, verse 9. But there was a certain man called Simon, which before time in the same city used sorcery and bewitched the people of Samaria, giving out that himself was some great one, to whom they all gave heed from the least to the greatest, saying, This man is the great power of God. And to him they had regard, because that of long time he had bewitched them with sorceries. So when you are, you know, when, when, when you got somebody bewitching you to give over money so that they can, you know, you look at that cat as some great person, is he really going according to the scriptures? No, then you shouldn't fear him. He's not great. He's just doing a great job scamming people for money. That's all that is. Mm-hmm. You know, so let's look at Jeremiah 23. We're going to read on in here and skip around in Jeremiah for a minute, uh, for a hot second, rather. But let's look at Jeremiah 23. Let's read verse 25. Okay, Jeremiah 23, you said verse 5, right? No, 25. Oh, 25, sorry about that. Um, I've heard what the prophets said, that prophesied lies in my name, saying, I have dreamed, I have dreamed. Oh, okay. Do you know of any recent, um, you know, recent history, 50, 60 years, whatever, 200 years, whatever, do you know of any recent person in let's say in the United States, that uh, people look up to that he was preaching about how he had a dream? Oh, yeah, um, Martin Luther King. Yeah. Matter of fact, um, we're doing this show live today on um, the day that people protested back in the 80s, early 90s, to get a, a holiday to shut down certain government services for this cat to remember how he led the people astray into a different doctrine that ended up um, uh, not teaching them how to live according to Christ. And actually, if you look at the condition of our people 50 years later, actually damaged the people more than it did anything. Read verse 25 and 26. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, some people will hear that, and people automatically get offended because people are not into um, examining whether something is true or not. They just really into looking at whether you said something that hurt their feelings, or whether you said something that that put a smile on their face. Yeah, but it's not it's not about putting a smile on nobody's face or or anything like that. It's about the truth. What is true? And that's what we're dealing with. What is, what is the truth? And what he was teaching is not biblical. No, it's and not. He was, he, he was not teaching the people of God to follow God and to repent 
Because if he was teaching them to repent, then a lot of things that's going on now would not be going on. Yep, especially if the people would have taken heed. But he was teaching the people to leave. He was teaching the people to go to the the sons of the government that had oppressed them and ask them for crumbs. Okay, when if he would examine, if he would have examined the scriptures, he would have seen that <clears throat> all the prophets said that. Listen, every time we disobey the Lord. We get oppressed by other people and governments and kingdoms. So what we need to do is turn back to the Lord. <clears throat> he never taught that. He was getting into politics. He was expanding his base. You know, he was dealing with uh, poverty and uh, politics and, and being anti-war, and he was he was on the move. He said some things that... Um, Right before he passed that Had offended when he was talking about Not going into Vietnam And why are, why are we fighting in Vietnam And we, we send in Black people and white people To fight in Vietnam On a united front And we can't even get uh, A united front on black and white Here in our own country And so we don't even need, And then he was saying we don't need to be in Vietnam So and then The president who had you know, he got to shake the president's hand and all this stuff, and they had a, were having a dialogue. The president stopped speaking to him over it because the president was like, listen, you handle that, you stay in your lane. You're talking about stuff that's none of your business. So they had stopped talking. It wasn't because Mr. King had stopped talking to him. It's because the, the president refused to deal with him because he was getting out of his lane. So there are things... That he should have dealt with according to the word of the Lord He didn't deal with that according to the word of the Lord And guess what 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 good was he doing Let's read on what the scriptures say about that Read Jeremiah 23 Verse 25 And 26 I have heard what the prophet said That prophesied lies in my name Saying I have dreamed I have dreamed how long shall this be in the heart of the prophets that prophesy prophesies lies? Yea, they are prophets of the deceit of their own heart. Oh, okay. So the deceit of their own heart is they are being tricked by their mind and deceived by their mind to go into things that are other than the word of the Lord. What scripture do you know of that Gandhi was using? What what part of the Bible? Or do you remember Gandhi quoting the Bible? Uh, no. Martin Luther King was a student of Gandhi and took his principles on nonviolence and applied them to his movement because mm. he thought that he thought that was the way So he was tricked And he made the wrong choice And he played himself Because he went into the deceit of his own heart Believing after some man Of another nation When he should have been looking in, these, in this Bible Okay And yeah, I Because don't, all, all the answers are in the Bible Exactly Exactly So when he was doing these things 
what did he actually do? And don't think he was the first person that did this to our people. It's been a long line through all of our history, back to the beginning of back to the beginning of our times, even before when we came out of Egypt. When we were in Egypt, we got deceived by their pantheon of of gods and their uh, uh, astrological signs and all the stuff that they had stole from Babylon, and they had. You know, it was so uh, it was so deep and eloquent, and we got into that. That's why we had to be given an, uh, an understanding of how to live according to Christ uh, with certain allowances for our wickedness when we came out of Egypt. And every time we get a little bit right, we go off, and then we get punished. And the only way out, according to the word of the Lord that he gave from the beginning, is to stop sinning, stop going into these doctrines and beliefs, and go and live according to the word of the, of the Lord. So let's see what these people, including this dude who, the January 19th, I, I guess it was his birthday or something like that, but it's a holiday for him in the United States today. Let's read Jeremiah 23 and 27 and see what he did or what he helped our people do. Read Jeremiah okay, verse, 23 and 27. Okay, verse 27. Which think to cause my people to forget my name by their dreams, which they tell every man to his neighbor, as their fathers have forgotten my name for Baal. So just like we forgot Christ and went into, well, Baal was just basically Christmas and that whole uh, Babylonian mystery religion, sun god worship, and all that stuff instead of the son of God worship. But we forget the name of the Lord, and we doing what? Uplifting this cat who had, who was talking about what he dreamed. His most famous speech was, "I have a dream." Mm-hmm. And what about repentance for remission of sins with the understanding of Christ to serve Christ? to get out of this situation and get into the kingdom, did he preach? Nothing. Nothing. So he basically made our situation worse by the philosophies and dreams that he taught. Did you have anything, bro? Um, I would like to take a quick promo break. Okay, and- sounds like a plan. We'll be right back. The Body of Christ Church Radio Network broadcasts seven days a week on blogtalkradio.com forward slash the BOCC. Listen to our archive broadcasts or check us out while we are live on the air. Come and visit us in the virtual living room at 2 o'clock p.m. on Sundays where we examine current topics according to the scriptures. Are you looking for the truth? Can you handle the truth? Find out on Mondays at 8 o'clock p.m. It doesn't matter what church you attend or philosophy you believe, take the challenge to see are you smarter than your pastor on Tuesdays at 8 o'clock p.m. The world is engrossed in darkness, but it shall be destroyed by the light. Check out From Darkness to Light at 7 o'clock p.m. on Wednesdays where all manner of witchcraft, occult practices, and Satanism is exposed for what it is. Before the light comes, it's time to awake on Thursday at 8 o'clock p.m. 
If you are seeking salvation, listen to Repentance is the Key, Fridays at 7 o'clock p.m. And after you've listened to all of these shows, find out how we will become kings and priests, Saturday mornings at 9 o'clock a.m. All shows are on Eastern Standard Time. Remember to check out the Body of Christ Church seven days a week on blogtalkradio.com forward slash the BOCC. That's blogtalkradio.com forward slash T-H-E-B-O-C-C. Shalom. Connect with the Body of Christ Church on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. You can like our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash the BOCC. Follow us on Twitter at the BOCC and view our videos on youtube.com forward slash the BOCC1. Link with us to learn more about repentance and salvation according to the Holy Bible. Remember what Christ said, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. We pray that the information on our pages guide you towards true repentance to the Heavenly Father in the name of Christ. Shalom. Connect with the body. All right, shalom, everybody. Shalom, everybody. Welcome back to the second half of the show. Um, we'll continue with the topic of feeding the sheep. Um, a lot of people are deceived on what the message of the Scripture is and the word of the Heavenly Father in Christ is. And people are going about establishing their own righteousness and their own ways of righteousness, which is totally contrary to the Most High. So really what they're doing is in vain. So it's very important that we get this understanding on how we serve the Lord. So um, I'm going to hand it back over to you, Abon, to continue. Okay, bro, all phrases. Um, so we have to avoid, you know, we, we gave three examples. You know, uh, we have to avoid these things, and we have to avoid people that teach these things. So... Um, what we have to remember is we have to look for the truth. And we have to avoid people that uh, avoid the truth, you know, not only in their lives but in their teaching. Let's go to um, Zechariah 11. See what that says. There's a scripture there I want to touch on for a couple minutes. Start at verse four. Yeah, yep, verses four and five. Right. Thus said the Lord, thus, thus said the Lord, my God, feed the flock of the slaughter, whose possessors slay them, and hold themselves not guilty. And they that sell them say, Blessed be the Lord, for I am rich, 
and their own shepherds pity them not. Okay, so the flock in verse 4 says, Thus saith the Lord my God, feed the flock of the slaughter. Who's the flock that it's talking about? The children of Israel. Okay, and are not our people being slaughtered? You look at all of the things, and, and it was far more than what the media uh, hyped up. But just look at the cases that the media hyped up, you know, uh, this this past year in 2014, where people, our, our people are getting what? Slaughtered. And, yeah. and in verse 5, whose possessors slay them and hold themselves not guilty. So what? You mean to tell me that the, the, any, in any of those cases where the, the, our people were getting slaughtered, was anybody even getting charged or found not guilty? Being found not guilty. Yeah, or they wasn't even getting charged. Mm-hmm. A lot of times they refused to bring an indictment. They refused to even charge the people that was killing them. But you know, so, you know something. Yeah. Something too, when you look at the scriptures too, brother, this is something that's been repeatedly going on and on. That's why it talks about Ecclesiastes, where it talks about Ecclesiastes in the, in the Bible, where it talks about the things that have been done is that which shall be done. Because this thing is like a cycle. And exactly. The, the same problem that was back then is here, and it's the, the same cause is the same cause, and the same cure is the same cure. But they have always rejected the cure. Can can I pull out another scripture that goes along with that also? Go ahead, bro. Yeah, this is Jeremiah, um Jeremiah fifty and six. It talks about the same thing. It says, uh, my people has been lost sheep. Their shepherds have caused them to go astray. They have turned them away onto the mountains. They have gone from mountain to hill. They have forgotten their resting place. So when you look at a scripture like that where it talks about um, the children of Israel being lost sheep and their shepherds, meaning their leaders that's supposed to be guiding them back to the Heavenly Father in Christ, is causing them to go astray because they're bringing them into other philosophies. When it talks about have turned them to the mountains and to the hills because you have big governments, you got small governments. And um, in a lot of times in the scriptures, the bigger governments are described as mountains. Um, and uh-huh. that's what the shepherds are doing. Instead of saying, look, we have to return back to the Heavenly Father in Christ, they, what are they doing? They're bringing us to follow the customs and philosophies of these other nations, which is basically exactly. idolatry. Exactly, bro. Exactly. And when they do that, they're not showing the people pity. They really pitied the people. They would tell them the truth, or they That's would the try to learn the truth so that they could tell them the truth. So so we are the flock of slaughter, and we can read, you know, it would take another two hours. We could go to Leviticus 26 and do Deuteronomy 28 and uh, – 
even where Christ said it in uh, Luke 21 and 22, I believe it is. I think it's 22, where he was talking about um, the things that would happen to us and how, and, and in the scriptures, that how they say these things that happen, even in the last days, even when Moses said it in Deuteronomy 4, in the last days, these things identify us. You know, exactly. uh, actually it's Luke 21. That, uh, where where uh, Christ was saying it, but there are things that we need to do. Let's go back to. Can I, can I read one more verse? Go ahead, go ahead. One more verse, verse seven. It says, "All that found them have devoured them, and the advers and their adversaries said, we offend not, because they have sinned against the Lord, the habitation of justice, even the Lord, the hope." Of their fathers, so the adversaries that are slaying us and killing us—they're not offended. They feel justified. Exactly. They feel justified in their killings. Exactly. And the reason why, and the reason why all this is, is happening is the second part where it says because they have sinned against the Lord, and they continue to sin, and they're going to continue to be slaughtered. Exactly, bro. Exactly. If we keep going off and being lost in in our devotions and lusts and denominations and religions, we are going to keep being in this situation or make it worse. Mm -hmm. Okay. Let's go back to Psalms 95 and read 7 to, to 11. Okay, Psalms 95, verse 7. For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture, and the sheep of his hand. So today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your heart, as in the provocation, as in the day of temptation, excuse me, as in the day of temptation in the wilderness. Verse 9. When your fathers tempt me, Prove me and saw my works. Forty years long was I grieved with this generation and said, It is a people that do err in their heart, and they have not known my ways. Unto whom I swear in my wrath that they should not enter into my rest. Okay, so though that generation had to die off. Why? Because they would not take and just just repent. They wanted to stay in, excuse me, they wanted to stay living in the ways that they had been living in, in Egypt, which was nothing more than the nation that had oppressed them and had them in slavery. Mm-hmm, Exactly. So, just like uh, our people back then was in slavery and built the, the pyramids and the cities that are the symbols even today of Egypt, our people were in slavery not only in this country but around the world and built up the symbols uh, uh, and the, the cities and, and stuff like that of the, the world today, scattered throughout the world. Do all the hard work and get all the uh, criticism, you know. So 
we have to look at that. And what, when we hear these words coming out about what we're doing wrong, how we're living wrong, and how we're following the wrong men teaching the wrong thing, we can't get mad and we can't harden our hearts, meaning get proud or scornful or, or act like snakes and thorns and briars and scorpions like the people that Ezekiel had to deal with. What we have to do is humble down, take the instruction and the correction, so that what we cannot be, so that we won't be lost anymore. We will be what, like uh, Paul told Timothy, we will be that complete, that perfect man, thoroughly capable of all good works, of all of obedience, rather to the Most High through Christ in all situations. Let's go to Hebrews three. Because I don't want somebody to say, oh, you were dealing in the Old Testament and that, you know, that thing in Psalms 95, that's not really, you know, that's not really right. You know, that, that we should, you know, we that, that's only talking about the, those people then in the wilderness, you know, when, when they escaped from Egypt. Let's go to Hebrews 3. Okay, I got it. Let's go to uh, let's start at verse 12. Okay. Hebrews 3 and 12. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. So when we depart from the living God or if we have been departed or even over generations from the living God, we have an evil heart of unbelief. We, You know what? We may not mean to be evil, but if we're not keeping his Sabbaths and his holidays and we're not uh, obeying him or, or acting the right way or doing according to anything that's in this Bible, we are being evil. And we have to take heed and say, oh, wait a minute, that's a dangerous thing. We have to understand that for what it is. Read on. Verse 13. But exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened to the deceitfulness of sin. So what we have to do is exhort one another daily. So that means we have to talk to each other about these scriptures. We have to look and see do we believe. Is it right? And we have to flee from sin as from the face of a serpent, like the scriptures say. So we don't want to be hardened or hardened by the deceitfulness of sin, just like what that dude that's known just about worldwide for leading the people, the, the people of the house of Israel, whether they knew they were Israel or not at the time, he led them into following after a program that was not from the Lord. It was from a dude from another nation that just believed in fasting and nonviolence. And he also pulled them away from the, the words of the Most High by having them follow after his dream that he had. Not that the Lord it wasn't anything in that dream or any of his speech that was according to the word of the Lord. 
and he tricked a lot of people to go into sin. So, read uh, read 14 of Hebrews 3 and read on. For we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. Okay, hold on. It, read that verse again. For we are made partakers of Christ. If we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. So if, if, if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end, our confidence is, listen, I believe that I can do these words in this Bible according to Christ correctly, and I am confident that I can do this stuff right. We have to take that attitude upon us, and we have to keep it until either we go to sleep or Christ comes back to set the world in order according to as it is written. So, and then we will be made partakers of Christ. But there's a big if there, that holding the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end, that means that we have to allow ourselves to be corrected. That means mm-hmm. that we have to allow ourselves to be told that we are following the wrong things and we have to drop those like a bad habit and get with the Most High through Christ. Read on. Verse 15. While it is said today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation. Hold on, bro. Didn't we read a verse like that in the Old Testament? Yes, we did. Psalms 95, right? Yep. Yep. Okay, so read 15 again, then read on. While it is said, today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation. For some, when they had heard, did provoke, albeit not all that came out of Egypt by Moses. Okay, so... What's that, what that's saying is if we will hear his voice, so we have to double-check what people are teaching, what they're feeding us with. Is it a load of horse hockey? Is it a load of bull crap? Is it, is it something they dug out the deep, dark recesses and the crack of the behind of their mind? Is it something that they're following that's wicked? Or... Is it from the voice, the word of the Lord? Because we're not supposed to uh, be incorrectable or irreconcilable like the people were when they provoked them in the wilderness for 40 years. So, and we know that only two people made it through the wilderness, Joshua and Caleb. Only two people of that generation made it into the promised land. The rest of them fell because they would not obey. So read on. Yeah, they died off and their children had to take their place. Exactly, bro. Exactly. Read on. Okay, verse 17. But with whom was he grieved 40 years? Was it not with them that had sinned? 
whose caucus fell in the wilderness. And that's just Rito. what you was talking about. You know, those yeah. are the ones that died off. Exactly. Read on. Verse 18. But to whom swore he that they should not enter into his rest, but to them that believe not? That's heavy because it showed you that it was a lack of faith that caused them to go off. And that's what caused us to go off to this day. Because if we believe, we would take heed and we would do. Yeah, if we believe according to as it is written, because this word is unchanging and it is the same word that was given them. But don't believe me when I say it. Let's just read on and we will read it. Read on. Yeah. That's why the scripture said, faith without works is dead. Verse exactly. 19. Verse 19. So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. Okay. They had a belief, but they just didn't believe in the words of the Lord that he gave them. They believed in the things of Egypt. They wanted to go back to, and, and and they would rather have been oppressed in Egypt. They even said it. Let's go back to Egypt. Why did you bring us out here to die in the wilderness? They wanted to go back to Egypt and be oppressed rather than believe in the word of the Lord and be set up in their own kingdom that he had prepared for them. Read Hebrews 4. Verse 1. Okay. Let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest. That kingdom. Read on. All right. I'm going to read it again. Let us therefore fear, lest a promise of entering. Hold on. Let me read that again. Sorry about that. Let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest. Any of you should seem to come short of it. Oh, okay. So there is a promise made to those that believe. There is no there is no promise of entering into his rest or entering into his kingdom for those that mix a little bit of the Bible with idolatry. So, yeah, I believe in Christ, but I celebrate Christmas. No, I believe in Christ, but I celebrate Easter. Well, I believe in Christ, but I'm out here getting my hustle on. And I hope I God God know my heart. I'm gonna do what I want to do, but God know my heart. I got a pure heart. Well, if you really had a pure heart according to as it is written, you wouldn't do three quarters of the stuff that you do. Mm-hmm. So we can't even seem to come short of the requirements of obedience that He has set for us. But now here's the kicker, because a lot of people strive to deal with uh, doing away with the Old Testament, the the regulations like keeping the Sabbath, you know, uh, keeping the high holy days, not eating pork, not eating shrimp and lobster and stuff like that. People don't want to do that. So they say, listen, I'm a New Testament Christian. But that's off, because that is believing the wrong thing that was taught to you by some madman. It wasn't taught to you by someone that was bringing the words of Christ. Read Hebrews 4, verses 1 and 2. We want to over? Yep, read 1 and 2. Okay. Let us therefore fear, 
lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. For unto us was the gospel preached, as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. Okay, so the gospel is going out to the lost sheep of the house of Israel now, just like it was preached to them. And you know the gospel stayed the same, right? Yeah. Right? Because what what does it say in Ephesians 4? Let me see. I'm going to get it right quick. It says Ephesians 4 uh, and 4. There is one body, one spirit, even as ye are called, and one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. One God and Father of all, who is above all, do all, and in you all. So that one faith, that one, what, spirit, one hope, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, that's the same thing that's being preached to us now to come out of all this wickedness that it was preached to them back in the day. Mm-hmm. So what we have to do is understand that we cannot be tricked and hoodwinked and, and just abused by people that's coming with madness. Okay? So we just have to make sure that we can deal with what these scriptures say and that we can tell the difference between what we should listen to. Oh, you know what? That brother is talking about repentance in Christ and he's going over scriptures and this and that. You know, that's what we should listen to. A pastor standing up and saying, God wants your bank account and your credit card number. We shouldn't listen to that. But if you look at that video, if you look at that video, that, that, uh, hall or building he was speaking in was full. You know, so people weren't checking the word of the Lord against what that man was teaching. And that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to study study so that we can tell who is coming correct and who is off. Let's get Second Timothy chapter 2. And read verse 15. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needed not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Read on. But shun profane and vain blabberings, for they will increase unto more ungodliness. Okay, there you go. There you go. We're supposed to know what's right to listen to and what's wrong to listen to. Just like people that teach are supposed to go according to the words of the Lord, not make up their own doctrine and have everybody wearing colanders over their head. Talking about they got a dream, and my dream is that we have to go to our captors and oppressors and ask them for some crumbs. Because that's not 
the easing people's condition. The easing of our people's condition is to repent for remission of sins according to the understanding that Christ set out and exemplified in these scriptures. Did you have anything else, bro? Yeah, I got a scripture I'd like to bring out. Um, okay. Um, this is uh, St. John's, the 10th chapter. You know, I got two of them. Let me read this before I read St. John's 10. Yeah, go ahead, bro. I'm going to read Matthew's 15 first. Matthew's 15 and 7, then I'm going to go to St. John's 10. Because like you said, man, the scripture where it says uh, that we just read where it talks about you know, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that need not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth, because if you study, you're going to know if it's right or if it's wrong, you know, and you're going to know that if something is is uh, profane and vain, blabbing, because in that scripture in Second um, Timothy, the third chapter, the second chapter where it talks about shun profane and vain, blabbing, how are you going to do that if you don't study? Because that's what a lot of people are following is, is profane and vain blabbing. Now, this is Matthew 15 and 7. It says, Ye hypocrites, well did Isaiah prophesy of you, saying, This people draw near unto me with their mouth, honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. So, people, a lot of people say, I love the Lord, praise the Lord, and this and that, Lord, Lord, Lord. But the scripture, Christ is saying that their heart, meaning their mind, is far from him. Why is that? Verse 9 explains. But in vain they do worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. So when you follow the doctrine that's the commandment of men, you're worshiping God in vain because you're not doing the things he's telling you to do. You're following profane and vain blabbing because it is not according to as it is written. You're not following Christ. And his true disciples are supposed to follow him. The proof on that is what I'm, I would like to read next if the brother don't have anything else you want to say in the between. Go ahead, bro. Go ahead. Okay, this is uh, St. John's 10. St. John 10 and verse 1 says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that entered not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. And that's what a lot of people are trying to do. They're trying to be the sheep, sheeps and shepherd of Christ, but they don't want to go through the scriptures and what's what is required for them to do to, to be that sheep, that that um, sheep or shepherd of Christ. If you want to be a sheep to Christ, there's only one door you got to enter into. You got to come through Christ. You can't go through some some uh, man teaching teaching you some uh, false doctrine that's vain and profane babbling, and it's not according to the word. Verse two, it says this: "But he that entered in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the port is open, and the sheep hear his voice." And he called his own sheep by name and lead them out. And when he put forth his sheep, his own sheep, he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. And a stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him 
for they know not the voice of strangers. So we're supposed to follow Christ. We're not supposed to follow any stranger, any strange doctrine or these false. If a man is supposed to be a shepherd or a leader of of the doctrine of Christ, he's supposed to teach you how to follow Christ, not follow him. You, we're supposed to be following the examples of Christ. That's why he gave pastors and prophets and teachers. I'll tell you that in Ephesians, the fourth chapter. So we can be molded and 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 uh, edified and taught how to follow Christ, how to put on Christ, because he's that shepherd. He's that leader that we need to follow. Not some man coming with his own vain philosophy and his own vain opinion. That's why the scripture said, a stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. Why? Because they are thieves and robbers. They have their own agenda. They, they ought to fill their pockets. They ought to make themselves something great. But the one that we're supposed to be looking up to as being great is our Lord and Savior Christ. That's what I have, brother. Oh. That's good. All praises, bro. Yeah. So it all comes down to it all comes down to this is probably gonna be the last scripture. Mark chapter one. Verses fourteen and fifteen. Okay. Mm-hmm. One verse fourteen and fifteen. Now, after that John was put in prison, Jesus came unto Galilee, preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God, and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye, and believe the gospel. Bam! There it is. So, that's what we have to do. We have to repent and believe the gospel. We have to study these words. So that we know how to tell the difference between someone that's coming with an understanding of Christ and someone that's talking a bunch of madness. Because we don't want to be uh, led astray from from Christ. You know, mm-hmm. so we hope uh, hope the class was edifying and that uh, you know listeners could. Uh, Gain something from it, and uh, Lord's will will have another class out soon. Yeah, let me pull out one more scripture to close it with. Uh, okay. Saint John seven thirty eight. It says, "He that believe on me, as the Scripture has said, yep, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water." And the key there is believe on him, as the Scripture has said. Anything else is in vain. And with that, we thank everybody for tuning in. Um, we pray that the Most High, in the name of Christ, bless you and increase your understanding and uh, increase the fruits of your righteousness. And um, thank Brother Aban for joining us, for hosting the show today. And all of us will be uh, back with another powerful show. You know, Lord's will, giving the Most High all praises and glory for the wisdom and knowledge and understanding. All right, so long. If you would like to contact us or learn more about the Body of Christ Church, you may do so by calling, emailing, or by visiting our website. 
Our telephone number is 1-877-871-1712. Our email address is bodyofchrist at ureach.com. Ureach is the letter U, followed by the word reach. So that's bodyofchrist at ureach.com. Our website, thebocc.com, contains our telephone number and email address, as well as audio and video biblical lessons and other information geared toward edification in repentance and good works. Again, our website address is thebocc.com, so please feel free to connect with us today. Like you said. 